Hey, anyone can hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Great, Alex. How's it going? I'm good. Thanks for asking. How about you? Pretty good. <laughs> hey, everyone. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Dennis. Hey, Leah. Cool. Well, let's get started. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Do you guys mind... So our speakers, do you guys mind um, going around and having a quick round of introductions? Um, Sh Sherlock, do you want to go ahead? Uh, okay, sure. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, I'm Sherlock. I'm co-founder CEO of Mission Network. So very happy to uh, join Space today and lovely to share some idea with you. Uh, awesome. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I just, I just want to make a, a note also for listeners that um, Ben Dao, is is not joining us because Andy, who was going to come with us, got a got an emergency, um, so he won't be making it. But thanks, Sherlock. Um, Dennis, founder of Vera Labs, do you mind giving a brief introduction? Maybe one one two minutes. Uh, yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, I'm currently using the company Twitter account, uh, our project Twitter account, Vera here. But my name is Dennis. I'm the one of the co-founders of Vera Labs. Um, what we're building is a open project called Vera, which is a decentralized protocol um, to enable a lot of types of DeFi transactions using NFTs, such as rentals, uh, conditional ownership of NFTs, and uh, financing things like buy now, pay later, and mortgages. So um, let's put it this way. I'm a gamer since a kid. Uh, my first game I played was Magic the Gathering, which is a trading card game. Um, some of the cards are worth uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars today. Well, if you would have asked me to buy those cards, I wouldn't be an enthusiast and gamer today, uh, even today, actually. Um, the reason I started playing that game was simply because I saw a friend game, play this game. I got interested, and I was like, hey, let me try, or they gave me their deck to try out. And then soon, soon um, I was asking them to, hey, let me play it some more. Let me borrow it for a week. And I believe that in order to have true adoption of NFTs uh, in the future, no matter if it's a game or app or any type of um, use case, you need to have these infrastructure and rails to let people borrow things and play with it and experience different experiences. And that's what motivates me to bring these types of utilities to the entire NFT world and making sure that no one single large tech company is able to monopolize these uh, or be a gatekeeper of um, these rails to um, allow these things to be possible for any NFT. So thank you very much if you're interested in our, uh, our project. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing. It's it's really interesting to find out how people got into the space and this Magic the Gathering um, being your first game is is nice to hear about. Um, next, are yeah, you going to say something? Dennis? No, no. I, I mean, I can say a million things, but, you know, uh, yes, we <laughs> keep it a minute. So I guess I'll save it for uh, uh, for later questions and uh, yeah. yield my time for others. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, Leo, do you want to go next? Carnival kind of Lab. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to this uh, space. Uh, I'm Leo and uh, the S Carnival core contributor. S Carnival is a financial infrastructure for uh, metaverse. And that is a 
dedicated to providing liquidity solutions for metaverse assets. Yeah, so uh, right now I think we uh, have made the solution on BSC chain and also we uh, test our uh, Ethereum testnet for quite a while and we're gonna go to midnight on uh, June. So I think we're gonna provide quite a lot of uh, uh, mature solution for the blue chip NFTs on Ethereum chain and also we are considering to provide solution for other chains such as uh, Solana. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, Gabe, founder at Arcade XYZ. Yeah, hey, this is Gabe, uh, co-founder and CEO of Arcade. Uh, Arcade is a peer-to-peer marketplace for NFT-backed loans. Um, I got started in crypto in 2017 working at a startup company called BitGo. Uh, they're a custodian for digital assets for institutions. Uh, I also worked at another startup um, that did the same type of business, custody and wallets for DeFi funds, banks, fintechs. Um, and uh, before crypto, I was actually uh, working in a family business with my dad in pawn shops. We had a chain of storefronts in Texas where uh, we made loans against physical non-fungible assets. Um, that was kind of the impetus to spec out a peer-to-peer marketplace back in t- 2020 for NFT loans figuring that NFTs were a new asset class, um, new capital market, where Web3 rails for NFT liquidity needed to be built. Um, so the platform's live, arcade.xyz. We've done about 25 million in loans against you know the more blue chip NFTs, Punks, Spacey, uh, CloneX, Suzuki, some one-on-one artists as well. Um, and uh, yeah. Um. So something you might be able to provide more insights to with regards to you mentioned your the shop you had with your father and that being some insights into into nfts um this is a question for everybody and perhaps we can go the other way around so starting with gabe um when did it become clear to you that nfts were going to be something big and for those of you who have nft oriented projects which is most of you guys here Yeah, it's definitely. So, yeah, so it, it started in DeFi summer 2020. Um, I got an airdrop for a project called Don't Buy Meme. Um, they were sort of the pioneers of uh, uh, NFT farming. So stake your ERC-20 tokens and earn these limited edition NFTs. Um, and that's kind of when it hit me. I started collecting these things, art, profile pictures, avatars, and I was having a lot of fun with it, like the idea of um, online ownership uh, for these scarce digital assets was kind of interesting to me. I was having a lot of fun doing it, trading, collecting. Um, I don't have fun doing a lot of things. So having fun doing this, I was like, this is really going to take off. This is a new asset class. I need to be a part of it. Um, so that's kind of when I got deep into it, started collecting more assets, getting involved in different communities and seeing what I could build uh, in, in the industry. And that's that's how we came up with Arcade. Awesome. I, I thought the, the quote was interesting. You said that um, you're having fun with it and you don't have fun with a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, crypto was always really interesting to me because it was like a combination of like finance, economics, game theory, computers, math. 
And uh, then all of a sudden you have this other new asset class of NFTs, which is just the technology underpinning like this cultural renaissance of creators connecting directly with with their fans and their users. So I thought it was I thought it was super interesting. Yeah, yeah that, that's the reasons you just gave above are the same reasons that I'm really interested in crypto as well. Um, Leo, Carnival Lab, do you want to go ahead and, and explain when when you became clear on the idea that NFTs were going to be big and, and how you guys decided to build something around that? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the first thing is uh, I'm a, a, a quite earlier user of DeFi. So, you know, it's a pretty uh, earlier stage. You know, it's good early days. And at that time, I think NFT, you know, just a small market. But however, I I definitely, I, I like to jump into any new area and to try what's going on with there. So when, you know, uh, last year and the beginning of last year, uh, I, I suddenly, I feel that NFT is going to be huge because it's uh, more and more logic has uh, created and uh, it's more, more, more and more convincing. For example, such as the avatar, people begin to treat it as a kind of uh, wealth, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, something can prove you, you have enough money. And uh, just uh, instead of uh, only a, a picture, you know, at that time, people are discussing whether just a simple picture are worth a, a huge number of money behind it. But however, after discussion with my team members and we think that's gonna be real because in the metaverse you know all the wealth just uh, behind the pictures and then maybe you know some uh motivations uh movie clips so it's gonna be true so at that time we decide we we want to build something uh, around this area and then we found that the DeFi logic is gonna be uh work in NFT area as well because you know uh, I have a, I have used quite a lot of DeFi protocols and uh, I think I'm the real uh, user of a DeFi and um, banking solution such as uh, uh, Avi and uh, Compound and also some FortTube and some other protocols so you know when I uh, realized that in the future everybody gonna own quite a lot of NFTs. That means they're going to have a lot of wealth um, in the in, a, in their wallet. And uh, definitely, they will have the requirement of the liquidation, you know. So, you know, when I myself have a, quite a lot of uh, NFTs, and definitely I want to use some of the NFT to to pay my bills, you know, to, to uh, put into the investment. But however, I don't want to sell my NFT. So, that's going to be the, the, the point why we try to create X Carnival because I think it's going to be uh, the future of the NFT industry. And, and that's, that's what's happening. So we began to try the uh, solution on BSA chain and we win the Hackson uh, champion in uh, June of last year and uh, everything build it on step by step. So right now, you know, this year, uh, after the the BYC and some others, such as Azuki or uh, Doodles or Colonex, they become popular, so more and more people realize 
the value of this industry and also the value of the um, learning protocol. So we're happy to to see the market and the, and the industry are moving uh, just as what we expected. Yeah, that that's our uh, history and uh, what 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 our sharing. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Dennis, do you want to go next? Explain when you figured out that NFTs were going to be big and how you guys decided <laughs> to build a project around it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, for myself, uh, prior to finding, founding Vera, I was actually a Web2 founder. And um, personally, I've been involved in the Web3 space in 2017. And as some of you know, there was a previous bull and bear cycle during that time with things called ICOs, right? The apps. Of course, there was a lot of interest in blockchain and DLT, but let's just say during that time, uh, my co-founder and I had the opportunity to work closely with several companies and brands of all sizes, um, which expressed a lot of interest to explore building products in the blockchain. This was pretty much before NFTs took off or were the standards were largely standardized. And uh, we, at that time, we worked with clients like NASA, um, banks like Norton Trust, the Canadian Stock Exchange. Um, we also worked with um, consumer brand companies and companies in the media entertainment industry, uh, such as uh, creators of movies and multimedia here in Hollywood. And one thing we saw was, the tremendous interest to digitize different types of assets on the blockchain as early as the DLT days, right? Whether it was a, a financial asset for a bank, um, certain derivatives for an exchange of some sort, um, or even a movie, right? But back then, the infrastructure and tools just weren't there, right? And so that's why a lot of these projects weren't um, as solid as they could have been. But our eyes pretty much uh, lit up in the necessity of having a lot of a lot more of infrastructure that we have today. Things like the 721 standard, 1155, etc. And so, I guess to answer your question, we saw the potential of NFTs um, once some of these tools and standards got uh, created um, and more popularized. Right? I do understand they were created early, but they weren't as mass adopted until, let's say, 2020 and beyond. Um, as that time came around and we had more and more projects to advise, to work with, um, our light bulb came up. Because what we saw in the first bull run was that really, you know, while there was interest in real world companies, a lot of the, uh, the ability to use crypto was largely um, in, um, in coins, right, which had no utilities to it. It was, uh, and in addition, there's interest in DeFi later on, but these were limited to strictly um, cryptocurrencies, uh, lending platforms, etc. But when we saw, like in 2020, so much new types of enthusiasts come into the space, a lot of these people could be a fan of a specific artist, a creator, right, or they had an affinity towards certain brand. We saw that this was essentially the holy grail for Web3 because if you can only um, attract people who care about crypto, this industry is going to be very small. You're selling, selling to the same echo chamber. If you actually had a fan who doesn't really care what the price of Bitcoin is, but you know uh, all they wanted was to collect 
this item that's related to their favorite artist, that's a great thing. And we need more of those types of projects. But the issue that we uh, we we saw was um, all the a lot of these a majority of these NFTs really had no utilities. It was like back in the Bitcoin days where you can only buy and sell and hold Bitcoin. That's pretty much it, right? Just like my story from before, you know, the focus was how do you have these utilities, right? If every single in, in the Web two space, when it was in the early days, you know, I used to have an e-commerce company. I built. I had a privilege to build with one of the early founding members of Twitch and uh, one of the first engineers of Facebook. But back in the day, these e-commerce platforms, every single peop- every single company and startup has to build the same tech stack for payments, right? Um, they And then later on, there are companies like Stripe that came along that basically had these stacks and APIs and was like, hey, you know what? Go ahead and uh, build it. Um, and you, you can build on top of us and go to market faster, right? You should focus on whatever your core business is. You shouldn't focus on integration to all these other banks. Well, I think right now that's kind of one of the big major challenges um, in this evolution of NFT applications, games, and whatever the future is, or even creating utilities for NFTs. There's just so many integrations needed, right? Uh, Integrations to correct blockchain, right? Integration to um, different sets of smart contracts that need to build your own. And if you're a Web2 company looking at this and you've never really done blockchain engineering before, it involves in a completely different type of product. It's a different type of engineering team. Um, and if you're a startup that don't have the resources, it doesn't make sense for you have to keep recreating the wheels every other startup like you have to do. So that's when my co-founder and I were like, you know what, we're going to build the Rails that specifically focuses in this area and um, just like Stripe was very successful, Vera Labs is building Vera. This is the, like a Web3 version of Stripe specifically for NFTs. And we're focused very specifically on, on there's a lot of things we can do, right? Like Arcade's doing amazing things with um, creating liquidity and lines of credit for uh, existing NFTs and blue chip NFTs. Well, we, we wanted to focus on one thing, utility, right? Um, and how do you take those blue chip NFTs and and have utilities, right? Or have someone that wants to start a new NFT collection have utilities, right? But have different business models, right? Not just, you know, buy and sell, let people rent them, let people have subscription models with it, whether it's for a membership business model or otherwise. We let the market experiment with those things. So um, that's why we came out with Vera, which are the uh, rails for these types of things, or specifically rentals, mortgages, payments for these things, including uh, tool tooling to enable crypto payment gateways, enable uh, even credit card payments for user experience, right? But enabling this, these, uh, these transactions. Any type of financial transaction in rentals and mortgages or NFTs, you can automate them with our set of API, smart contracts, etc. And currently, we have launched all of these things in four different blockchains, Ethereum, BSC, Polygon, and now uh, Solana, which is live on our testnet and mainnet, but we're working on some things to make the integration a lot uh, smoother with our, um, our customers. So that that's gonna that will be out very, very soon. So... That's kind of our status and why we're very motivated to build this. Um, once again, you know, um, the reason why I, I've left big tech and Silicon Valley, you know, uh, startups to come over to build a Web3 startup is we believe that 
you know, uh, these types of rails needs to be open source and the tools needs to be able to empower communities and, and anyone with their IP. It should never be controlled by a single um, um, company or entity, right, which acts not an intermediary. So hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, one of the things that we talked about last week also was that utility, utility being so essential to all projects, NFT projects, and and just the whole crypto industry as a whole. So having people like you guys, um, people transitioning and moving from from the Web two space to Web three, it's really great. Sherlock, how about you? When did it become clear to you that the NFTs were going to to become huge? Uh, yeah, thanks, Alex. So my experience got to be uh, quite different. So actually, when I entered this space in 2017, uh, my background is engineer. And so I started learning the the the, the, uh, the mainstream EIP during that time. And then one protocol uh, inspired me called ERC721. So most of the time, uh, I remember in 2017, people focused more on the ERC20 protocol, which is we right now, like we when we use the native token in Ethereum, uh, that, that that's the things back by the ERC20. But then when projects really cross the world, it's called CryptoKitties. So maybe some people uh, learn history, they, or some people experience that stage, they know that the project very famous and called CryptoKitties, and they are using the ERC721, which Right now, we call them also call them NFT non fungible token uh, to develop the app, the app, and to attract users to use that service. So uh, we, we really be attracted by the model they use. And then I have uh, using one D app called Crypto Zombies, uh, which actually is just like a MOOC or some place which taught you how to uh, write a smart contract, which is using the Solidity by your own. So after I using the or just finished the, the, the class in the crypto zombies, I have uh, the skills to write smart contract by, the, by myself. So at first, I just used the solidity to launch my first ERC721 protocol. And yeah, I remember within three days, uh, more than 700 Ethereum either just deposited into my smart contract. So. You know, for a new guy in this space, it's really amazed me. I, I feel that, wow, this should be something different, be different than the internet because, you know, every time something changes, it will be the big innovation with the technology. So I, I know, wow, maybe Ethereum or, or blockchain will be something different. And so so if, if very basically said, I have launched my NFT project since 2018. <laughs> and it also got a very respond, good response from the market because the market just told me, wow, that this is really powerful. Uh, but, but later, uh, we know in uh, 2018, 2019, we, we, we have entered uh, a bigger market. So few people focus on the, the crypto space and the people who, who still live in this space, they, they, they learn a lot. They, they had demand a lot of skills. So later, uh, with the, uh, I remember it should be the 2020 or 2021 with the DeFi and then NFT uh, broke up again. So people just know, oh wow, it, it can be something with the artists and CryptoPunks and OpenSea, right? 
so this is my experience uh, with the NFT. And then for the second question, yeah, Alex, you also don't, you, you mentioned uh, Mission Network is quite not an uh, NFT-oriented project, but our idea and the product we offer to the market can support lots of NFT projects because uh, in Albany, I, I, I don't, uh, I, I just, I don't introduce our product. So we are offering a bandwidth marketplace. And for people who are not familiar with the bandwidth, you, you, you may heard some technology called computation, bandwidth, and storage, right? So this is the basic three uh, infra resources in the internet world who, 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 who has a composition of our real world, of our online world. And then in the crypto, we noted maybe these three kinds of, uh, of infra are gonna be innovated in the, in the new world. And then, you will see some like star project, like for example, Arweave, IPFS protocol, Filecoin, Swamp, lots of star projects. And then Mason is offering uh, uh, incentivized for the bandwidth part above them. So we can support lots of like files, media, images, video, like even live streaming to accelerate your delivery service. And then for NFT, well, uh, we're still in the, uh, image uh, ages so it's will be around maybe one megabytes or, or several megabytes of the files and then these files gonna be stored for example they, they are in the AWS the Amazon S3 or, or, or any central service and it doesn't matter yeah I, I think it doesn't matter but I think in the future something gonna be, 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 be changed because when we enter a new world called maybe called real crypto or Web3 or much more decentralized world, we need some like native infra, for example, like maybe like us, Mission Network, to support for the uh, native projects like NFTs. Yeah, so that that's us. Thanks, Alex. Awesome. Thank you, Sherlock. I think. It's inspiring also to hear um, for, for people who are learning how to code uh, with ERC721, I think uh, crypto zombies is like the the typical way to practice that and to hear that, that you went through that and then went on to, to build your own projects. Um, it's inspiring for anybody who's who's trying to learn the, the basics of coding to, to see that kind of progression. Um, yeah, actually, uh, for, for people, yeah, uh, well, most of people are not familiar with the technology, but yeah, I can share with some, some idea about in that part. So actually, uh, people just right now we, we, we know okay NFT and we just map NFT to some like crypto punks or some artworks or some images, right? But you need to know that the basic principle be, behind them, the the intrinsic value of NFT is they they they. Actually, you, you first you can learn ERC twenty. For example, when we use USDC, USDT, or such tokens, they are ERC twenty token, right? And the ERC token, yes, they don't have the identity for uh for for this token. For example, you, you have the token, the the ID is number one, and then uh in the ERC twenty protocol, people don't need to know. Okay, the ID number one belongs to anyone. The 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 most important thing in the 20 protocol is uh, we only focus on the balance of your account. For example, if Alex, you have address called address A, and then we have balance, for example, for 100 uh, some tokens in this address. But then when we go to the, the MT or the ERC721 protocol, 
we have the we have I add another parameter called uh, the the owner of this ID or this token. So you have the actually the the, the things come the same. You have the uh, token ID called one or called two, and then we add a parameter that the, the owner of this uh, token two uh, belongs to the for example Alex address or some like Alex ENS, and then we just we can uh, be divided by different addresses and different tokens so that people will not say, okay, my, my token is the same as you cause you maybe be uh, marked as number one and I, I've been marked as number two. So we are actually quite different. And just these small changes uh, make a quite different world. You know, if you look at the protocol, the they, they only difference is just this. Yes, uh, you have an owner, owner parameter in the protocol, but then we have created such fabulous world called the NFT world right now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing those those insights. I think it's helpful for people. Um, our, our speakers here, uh, being founders of NFT projects, I think that's familiar, uh, something everyone's familiar with. Uh, for, for listeners, the in the crypto space, sometimes the technicalities um, is something they're less familiar with. But I think one thing that that um, makes me feel quite positive about the industry as a whole is the that I've noticed that the users are becoming more technical over time and understanding these concepts and becoming more technical, I think that allows them to differentiate between uh, legitimate projects and and other projects that in the crypto space, we've had a lot of um, all types of projects, but the legitimate ones, the ones that really provide value, these are the ones that, that are shining because crypto users are getting, they're getting more educated. Um, coming to to Gabe, um, so you guys at your pawn protocol is something that allows users to borrow ETH uh, using their NFTs. How do you guys do that? How do you overcome the problem of determining the price of an NFT and hence the amount that a user can can borrow against their NFT when using it as co collateral? Sure. So the 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 protocol is a peer-to-peer -peer marketplace um whereas there's other protocols that are peer to pool when you have a resting pool of liquidity that bars can just come and, and take liquidity from ours is peer-to-peer -peer. so there's two counterparties to every loan so um simply you just need to connect and sign in to your to your wallet uh connect to app.arcade.xyz um and we display NFTs similar to like an OpenSea. So there's a gallery where you can see all of your NFTs and then you can select which NFTs you want to collateralize from our supported list. So we do curate the platform today mainly to assets that have enough liquidity and have enough lender demand um, so that borrowers can get liquidity. So basically they, they pick their assets um, and then they can set their own arbitrary terms. So borrowers can set terms like duration um, the APR, the rate, and the funding currency. Um, so most of our loans have been funded in USDC or, or wrapped ETH, WETH. Um, and basically, once the borrower submits that loan request, a lender can go on the app, sign in, and look at all those loan requests and decide which which loan he wants to fill, or he can make a counteroffer. Um, so if a lender matches a loan and the loan gets funded, then that 
um, collateral gets locked up into escrow in our in our protocol. So today we have about 30 million of total value NFTs sitting in our escrow product protocol that are part of loans. Um, the cool thing about Arcade is that you can bundle different assets together. So I can select 10 different assets to be a part of one loan. Um, so for example, we had a borrower that collateralized 48 sandbox plots and got a 97 ETH loan for, for, for 90 days. Um, the, the kind of sweet spot for loans today is, is three months, so 90, 90 duration. Um, rates, we're seeing anywhere between 10% APR up to 60% APR. Um, and LTV, loan-to-value ratio, uh, is anywhere from 20 for the more illiquid collections up to 70% for the more liquid collections like punks. Um, something that we do to help our bars and lenders come to terms is we provide sort of these bespoke valuations and appraisals on the assets. So a bar comes to us, they send us the token IDs. We have a data engineering team and a data science team that spits out valuations. Um, and this is what we present to both bar and lender to kind of help them come to terms. So it's very meat space and kind of manual right now. Um, uh, but the protocol itself is a marketplace. So once we start to put in more data to help bars and lenders come, you know, decide on the value of the assets and what terms they want to agree on, um, uh, a lot of that will go inside of the DAP and the manual part, uh, will kind of, uh, not be as, 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 as important, but, um, yeah, there's kind of two ways bars can get liquidity It's one's like going through our over the counter desk where we work, um, kind of this white glove service with both bar and lenders, um, or they can just go ahead and post their collateral to the app and, uh, wait for a lender on the other side to, to fill, to fund that loan. Awesome, thank you. You mentioned that um, it's some of it's manual at this point. Is there anything in particular that you guys are looking to to automate in the in the near future? Yeah, so there, there's always going to be. We're always going to have this white glove OTC service where we're working directly with bars to help them um, value their assets and find a lender. But um, some of the things that we're going to do to help bootstrap the marketplace organically is provide a lot of that data and valuation services inside the DAP. So imagine you'll be able to sign into the DAP, look at all your NFTs, and there's gonna be valuations already there for you based on, um, based on uh, data that, that we provide. Um, so with that, you know, bars will be able to have a better idea of what terms lenders would fund the loans at, and also lenders can make offers on certain collateral um, to, you know, for uh, for the terms that they would fill the loan for. Awesome. Thanks for that. Leo uh, at Carnival Lab. Um, so the metaverse assets, it's described as a metaverse assets liquidity aggregator for everyone. How have you guys at Carnival Lab solved the liquidity issue of assets like, like NFTs? Hi, yeah, thank you for asking me to uh, answer this question. Yeah, so actually I think we are trying to provide the uh, liquidity problem by uh, build a bridge between the lenders and the borrowers. So we have uh, created the peer-to-peer -peer model in, uh, in past year and uh, it works well. So, you know, people can lend the NFT uh, out to others uh, as a collateral and for money. 
So I think it's, it's logic is pretty easy to understand. So, you know, just as a, it's a, it's a peer to peer platform, we build up the platform and people came, uh, to, to set the, uh, the NFT as a collateral and the borrow money and set the, uh, the annual, uh, <clears throat> APR and they want to provide to the, uh, lender. And then the lenders, they can browse the, uh, all the, uh, NFT uh, on the market and to decide whether to lend the money out. So, but however, we, we understand that this model is uh, not that efficient because, you know, uh, it, it should be, it, this kind of model, they're gonna take some time to let people to negotiate. Because if you want to borrow the money and you want to pay the, uh, such as a 20% uh, of, a, of a, the, the fee at a, uh, uh, for for the lenders, but however, the lenders want to get a lower rate, and then you guys can have a kind of a negotiation session. So I think this logic is gonna be a little bit long. So uh, this mainly we provide to the uh, uh, NFT holders, which has the uh, you know uh, blue chip NFTs with a high value. Uh, especially if they want, if they do not want to put their NFT as a collateral, uh, according to the uh, you know floor price. So this works well on BSC chain. So when we launched last year, and we uh, launched our own NFT and to let the users to try this model and uh, to educate the market, it's a, it runs pretty well in in BSC chain for, and we we get it. Uh, 28,000 transactions. And, uh, you know, because NFT in BSC is not that high value. So we got, uh, we also got a uh, several uh, 30 million uh, value um, created in, in this kind of model. But however, now we are going to face to the uh, uh, high value NFTs on Ethereum. So right now we are providing another solution that is uh, uh, P2 pool, that person to pool model. That means uh, you guys can get money instantly uh, with your NFT as collateral. So you can put, you can put such as a BOSC or Punks or Moonbirds or Akron X or Azuki. So you can put all these NFTs in your portfolio as a collateral and you can borrow money instantly from the pool. People who want to earn the uh, interest with their uh, stable coins or Ethereum, uh, they can put their money into the pool and they can enjoy, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, just a, a, a stable interest or receipt interest. So uh, we believe that's also not the final solution, but however, in current situation, current market, that's this solution can provide most of the uh, NFT liquidity problem. So we have tested this model for quite a while. Actually, we can put on, put it on market uh, two months ago, but however, we still think there are some kind of a uh, risky issue we need to figure out because you know there is no uh, stable and uh, reliable NFT oracle. So we are building our own Oracle and we do quite a lot of tests and uh, we want to figure it out because you know, current market is not stable 
especially the NFT price, it jumped, uh, the pump and jump <laughs> quite a lot. So uh, if the product is not that mature, maybe they're gonna cause a, a big issue. So because we believe this uh, industry and this market uh, will return, maybe not this year, maybe next year. So we treat it as a loan value and the loan career so we're gonna put everything ready and we're gonna launch our main test yeah and also we have some more uh product on in pipeline so we're gonna provide more uh liquidity solution in the future so right now but we we, we don't want to release right now because you know uh they still had a lot of uh, possibilities in this industry so we're going to make it happen step by step. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, the price oracle for NFTs that you guys mentioned you're going to build, that's not needed in the peer-to-peer -peer marketplace, but you need it for the the pool to, to lenders marketplace. Is that right? Sorry, excuse me. So I, 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 uh, I didn't hear you because uh, okay. you know, there's no bubble. Yeah, no worries. Um, I was asking about the the oracle that you're building for, and you you mentioned that there's no reliable NFT price oracle in the industry, and so you guys are building your own, and that's for the when you're building a pool to lenders, right? You don't need it for peer to peer because they can figure out the prices uh, directly. But in a pool, that's what you need the oracle for. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So we are trying our best to uh, build up the uh, NFT Oracle by ourselves. So right now, uh, you know, we we are trying to use different source as a NFT price, and also we have uh, made some rules to uh, prove the people who manipulate the uh, uh, floor price, uh, floor floor price. You know, because you know, uh, if someone use uh, the the way to manipulate uh, the price of some projects, some uh, floor price, and then maybe they're gonna borrow all the uh, money in the pool. So that's one of the main uh, stretch in in this lending protocol. So uh, yeah, actually, we we discussed with Chainlink and we some other. Uh, kind of uh, suppliers, and we're trying to figure out uh, how we can make this kind of uh, threat uh, <clears throat> proof this kind of threat happen. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And, and briefly, are you guys getting similar um, outcomes as, as Gabe? He mentioned that they, they, they're seeing APRs between 10 and 60%, and loan to value ratios 20% for the less liquid assets and 70% for the for the most liquids like punk is that something similar that you guys are seeing yes uh yeah we we think so around the same cool yeah awesome thank you so much um dennis you you mentioned um you, you gave quite a in-depth answer to the previous question, um, but maybe you can build on that a little bit and break down for us the essentialness of your protocol being non-custodial and also the, the essentialness of providing NFT-oriented financial services. 
Yeah, absolutely. So a few definitions I want to break down so there's no confusion here. Um, any asset requires liquidity, but to have liquidity, there, there's different strategies, right? So imagine in real estate, if you own a house, um, you can list it for sale on a marketplace. Um, you could use it as a collateral to get a loan from it. We call that home equity line of credit. That's what um, I think Arcade and, and X-Carton Wall are doing. Arcade is focused on peer-to-peer. -peer. Arcade is going towards maybe peer-to-contract. Um, and then you can uh, put it on for rent. Let's say Airbnb, you know, uh, let someone uh, borrow it um, for a period of time, right? And then there is also something related to this uh field we call mortgages or financing which means you don't own the house yet so you can't use it for a collateral uh initially but you can borrow money from elsewhere and purchase it and then you owe that lender that money back right that's called a mortgage so in a way if you don't pay that back then you lose your house so in the long run that house is, could be technically still collateral so I want to clarify that Vera is specifically focused on building a protocol right now on the rental and the mortgage side, right? So on the more on the rental side, we're strictly peer to peer at the current moment, um, and peer to peer meaning there's no need to know the price of that specific NFT. Um, how it works is uh, any user can connect their wallet to an app that is powered by our protocol. It will show all the NFTs they own. They can select one or more NFTs and list it on our protocol, which acts as a marketplace for rent. And um, they will specify all the parameters in that rental transaction. We currently support two options for rental. The first one um, supports collateral, uh, which means it's like, here's an NFT. If I let you borrow it for 30 days, if you do not return it by day number 30th, then whatever money you put as collateral, you lose it. Right. So, yes, as an owner, I can lose my NFT because they don't return it for whatever reason. But then I get their collateral. Right. Um, we have seen this type of transaction more popular for B2P, B2B business models or investment business models. And in fact, it was one of the early use cases that inspired us to build this type of smart contract. For example, in a real estate industry, if you're a creator, you would uh, architect the house, then find a developer to build it, and then work with brokers, agents to go ahead and further sell and market that finished product. Currently in the NFT space, a creator or artist would have to usually do all the above. It's hard for different roles or companies and agencies in this NFT supply chain to work together due to lack of trust. If I gave you an NFT and you're, you say you're an NFT broker to help me sell it, I may not get my NFTs back. So this type of collateral-based um, borrowing mechanism powered by non-custodial smart contracts would really much solve that. Imagine I made a movie and I say, hey, you're a brokerage, which is... Um, an expert at help me sell, helping selling movies uh, for NFT communities. Well, here you go. I'll lend you or I'll let you borrow 10 of my NFTs. You got 30 days or 60 days to do whatever you got to do. If you don't return it to me back then, you lose your collateral, right? Um, in the meantime, you can do whatever you want that NFT. Sublease it, resell it, whatever you want. Um, on the other hand, the second option we offer in our rental protocol is non-collateral or collateral-free rentals. And what that means is we let you borrow the NFT without needing collateral, but that NFT is locked 
into your wallet. You cannot transfer it out. You cannot burn it. So it guarantees lender or seller protection uh, by default via smart contracts. And uh, you will specify all the same other parameters. What's a maximum of day, uh, minimum maximum days you allow the uh, renter to borrow your NFTs. Um, what is the payment currency you want to collect? Um, USDC, is it ETH? Is it, you know, a Vera token? Is it any other currency? And you will specify what's the rate you want to set, um, just like Airbnb. And then, and that's it, right? And you list on the marketplace, works the same. So that's a rental protocol. All right. In terms of our financing or mortgage protocol, um, which is currently on testnet, it's more like the same thing. You list it on the marketplace for sale, but you're willing to allow the buyer to not pay everything up front. So think of it like seller protection, right? Or buy now, pay later. You're willing to accept installments over a certain period of time. That too is powered by our engine because if you're mortgaging or you're doing seller financing, um, you're having conditional ownership of that NFT until you fully pay it off. We currently do not support traditional mortgages yet, meaning there's a lender pool somewhere and money is put in that pool and that money is used at a certain APY to let you borrow it to purchase NFT. But that's in the pipeline and will launch probably much later this year. Um, so that's called traditional mortgage. So once again, as a recap, we support rentals um, using collateral and non-collateral. That's currently live on four blockchains, Ethereum, BSC, Polygon, and Solana. Uh, we also support financing, uh, specifically seller financing type of mortgages. And that's currently uh, uh, on testnet on all those chains we I just mentioned again. And um, I want to pause here because I can go on about all these little new, uh, things. But I guess I'll just say that's what we have in details um, to answer your question. And what we've seen in terms of what the pricing is for the rentals and whatnot, it's been pretty interesting because what we've seen is there's a lot more traction in NFTs to have actual utilities, right? I mean, I, yes, I understand I can rent a board ape, and which we did in December at Art Basel last year. We actually partnered with board ape and we rented a one million dollar board ape um, at Art Basel Miami um, at our Ethereum launch party. But there was really, uh, other than the fact it threw a yacht party and some people want to borrow those board apes in order to attend the yacht party, it, the utility wasn't consistent enough to warrant people putting it out for rent um, here and there. So like uh, it's it's literally without utility, it's like renting out a Rolex watch or Lambo, but you can't even drive or wear it, right? So there's not much demand for that. But let's say for gaming though, hey, I got this NFT, uh, I want to rent out because I don't want to play this game, I have no time, or I'll have a guild, I want I have a lot of extra uh, assets I want to rent for you and we can generate passive income. Um, like we're right now building a step-in um, rental uh, marketplace where, you know, um, you have shoes, you know, you walk with them. Hey, you can make some coins and some money. Well, it, I don't know really, you know, I don't have shoes. I can't afford to buy all of it. Maybe, you know, I, you can rent it from me. Uh, we bundled all of the uh, different uh, shoes together because apparently you need like three shoes of certain levels to be able to start optimizing your payouts for that specific play to win a uh, play to earn type game but you know i don't have time to learn all those rules and i just want to rent a package that plug it into my game and start making money with it so those are more gaming type examples right games guild five that kind of thing on the other side we've seen a lot more uh, uh interest in uh, rentals specifically for 
NFTs that have membership type utilities. Uh, for example, Y Combinator, they have a DAO called Orange DAO, and some of the members right now wanted to build an exclusive membership DAO where if you have their NFT, then you can go to this beach house or this special loft. Uh, that's a beach on the beach, beautiful view, and you can book it, right? Like a WeWork, like a Soho house. And uh, it's a membership. And if I don't want to use that utility or membership benefit, I will lease it or rent it out in the marketplace, right? So that's like one of our clients. Uh, we have another client that actually owns a fleet of yachts all around the world. These are actual boats, not just a yacht club that's apes. And they want their members to have NFTs to be able to have access to renting these boats. But if they're not using their membership, uh, they can rent it out or lease it in the marketplace. Well, we have that. Uh, we will power that marketplace. So that's these are some examples that hopefully gives a better answer into uh, what Vera does currently and why is non-custodial rental needed. As you mentioned, it's very simple. Number one, you know, uh, why is DeFi needed? It removes intermediaries and removes all the legal and middleman overhead. You know, this is a really this is a really big deal because if you have to hold in custody other people's um, assets, not only is there a trust issue, but in a lot of first world countries, there are a lot of legal problems, right? Uh, OpenSea can get around a lot of these because they don't have to hold on to people's assets. It acts as just it's a non-custodial buy-sell marketplace. Hey, well, Dennis, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, and I, I want to let yeah. you finish, but ju just uh, making a note on time, so giving you yeah. like another so 60 seconds just to wrap pretty, up. That's pretty much it. I'll wrap it up right there, right? Um, Non-custodial is the future, right? Uh, which is the reason we want to do decentralization. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for explaining more about what you guys are doing, all the different options, the collateral free rental. I think that's, that's a really cool uh, use case. Um, Sherlock, so you're doing something different at Nissan Network, um, but related to NFTs. So with all these NFT projects, um, many of them, they don't contain the artwork itself, the data for it, but they contain pointers um, towards the artwork. And the artwork itself is stored in a centralized storage place. Um, how does Nissan Network provide, provide alternatives or what, what can the the infrastructure you guys are building do for the, the NFT ecosystem? Yeah, thanks, Alex. Uh, for, for, for this question, the, the answer actually depends on the project because uh, which goal you want to achieve in the, for example, in the early stage or, or in your first stage, right? Uh, for example, if you found a really good model or maybe business model and you just want to uh make it uh to earn uh, to to rapidly uh earn more users in your system or your product then i think wow you should focus more on the stability of your service and you should do something much more user friendly right so th this is uh how the things going for now more lots of people they don't need to care about the uh, the infra is uh, centralized or, or decentralized. It's, it, it doesn't matter actually, right? So even if, if for example, if you use the, the decentralized service and your product has not win the market uh, and, and then user, users 
have to experience the very uh, worst experience or performance from the the, the decentralized infra, then I, I think it's it's worthless. So uh, th th that's the first point. The the second is uh, some users or some projects at, at early stage they, they they have the idea or they know the answer is we need to use the infra from the decentralized world at first. Right. So some of our users they just call us. They said, "Oh, I I I come from the Web two world. I, I come from the uh, loss of centralized service, and I know they are maybe right now uh in some area they 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 have better experience. They 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 are much they have a uh, better performance, right? Because they they have built the company for maybe ten, twenty, thirty years, and but 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 the point is I want to support." The, the people or the projects like you cause uh, I can sacrifice uh, maybe some user experience or some performance but I can get something which is sustainable in the future and you know uh, the innovation is very hard and people have to pay for it right and it should not be paid by the most of the users but should be by some pioneer so some projects said okay I I I, I, the 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 service from the like AWS is enough. I want to support for some really like this decentralized infra. So they just come to us and use our service, right? And then I think for most of NFT projects, unless you you know the answer at first, then the the, the, the most of most of projects should choose the path is they use the the centralized service at first, right? And Make the make the uh, market to respond to your product. If the answer is yes and it's pretty good, you you gotta become much bigger, right? And during that time, you will notice one problem. You you maybe need to uh, support, or maybe let some of your components be compatible with the decentralized world and the central service. And you can see that this is how things happening in OpenSea. As the biggest, uh, maybe the biggest for the uh, the, the marketplace of NFT, uh, they're still using the centralized service using Cloudflare. You use lots of like Amazon or anything else. It doesn't matter, cause they, they know their model is is pretty good and they can win the market, right? And so they they have become they 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 they, uh, they are right now. And then for next step, they also said we notice uh, the security and the. Uh, the uh of the data is very important, so they they started to support the IPFS protocol and support Rweave, so the data the metadata called gonna be uh froze on chain and people don't need to care about wow maybe I saw my data in the in OpenSea which which uh behind them is is stored in Amazon and it gonna be uh be changed by anyone or by the platform, right? If 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 we froze the the metadata in the Ethereum or in the like uh, the R wave, then the service gonna be looks like much more trustable. And but but the point is, well, it's in the future one day, uh, the decentralized service conquer the world and become the mainstream. And so people at, at first just use the decentralized service. Uh, I don't know, but my answer is, uh, it can happen in some uh, space, but. The centralized service got, got still exists in the future costs. 
we don't need everything be decentralized, and we don't need everything built on the on the crypto on on the on the service like this infra. Cause when we try to earn something like uh the the trustless or some like permanent service, we we gonna sacrifice something. Maybe just like the performance right now, and maybe in the future other things. Uh, but in some like things, in some like projects, they don't need to sacrifice other things. They said, okay, I just want to use that, but I can regard the central as a backup or, or, or regard this as anything else. So it's okay. And for now, I have to say the infra for the whole Web3 world is not quite mature. Uh, maybe you want to be the pioneer. You need to take risk that you, you may met your <laughs> very uh, bad response from users. They said, well, we expressed some like or anything else. But I think it's not quite long, maybe five years or, or, or it can maybe become much quicker. So the, the web stream for a gone be much better and people can start to use the, the new things. It's, it's just like something like an EV, right? So if we go back to 10 or even 20 years ago, uh, people don't believe that the, the, the EV get gonna be the mainstream or, or gonna be more adoption like, like the things happening right now. But with, with, with more people or, and with more factory to produce some things and with the like a uh, supercharger station be spread all around the world or around the nation, uh, you found, okay, wow, looks like it, it, it got to be available to use such EV infra, right? You, you can uh, charge anywhere or, or, or in the like some side in the road and you don't need to care more about the range problem. So this might be for that. Awesome. And yeah, I appreciate your, your humbleness when you say that. Is everything going to be decentralized? Not sure. As a as a Web3 infrastructure builder, people tend to say that everything is heading that way. But um, Yeah, the, 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 the truth is you should not be arrogant, right? You should see everything has two sides. <laughs> so you can't say, wow, we should use everything to, to above the Web3 infra, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, r wrapping up, I got one one last question for for all of you, um, and maybe you guys can try and try and answer it in a sentence or two. Um, so over time, we've seen a lot of different like crypto evolving and different trends. So we started with BTC, we had Litecoin, ETH. Um, after that, we had the the ICO frenzy. I think Gabe spoke about it uh, that that he he had his toes dipped in that one. Uh, DeFi Summer 2020, some of you guys mentioned that as well. We've had GameFi. NFTs has been a big trend. Um, what's wh Where are we now? Um, so our, our our episode today is called The, the Year of NFTFi. Is this the year of NFTFi? Is ne what, what is going on this year and next year? G Gabe, you want, you want to go ahead? Yeah, I think the next five years are going to be the year of NFTFi. I think NFTs as a technology are going to start to capture trillions in value in the next few years in the metaverse economy um, and a good portion of that will go towards financializing these assets awesome yep i believe the next bull run will be definitely a year of nft just like icos led to DeFi. but that one that begins uncertain and now it's definitely a time where we're very excited to build build up to Awesome. 
Thank you. Leo, what, what about you? I, I totally agree uh, with Vera, and I think in the next five years, there definitely going to be a kind of an AMP5 summer. Because right now, you know, there are quite a lot of uh, infrastructures projects just uh, launched in, in this NFT summer, I, I think. Uh, but however, you know, the uh, the big circle has uh, moved to, uh, you know, f uh, from top to down. So I think maybe there's going to be a kind of uh, period that quite a lot of projects going to uh, do their job in, in bear market, you know, to just like the Ethereum and uh what is there in them in last bear market? So uh, after this big circle, you know, when everything moves up, especially the NFTs get more and more uh, uh, aerial to, to use, you know, not just only the PFP, but also, you know, they're kind of such as uh, uh, financial NFTs and uh, some other kind of uh, occasions, people are gonna find the value of the NFTs, definitely. The more and more NFT infrastructure gonna be more mature. So, including the NFT Oracle, which I mentioned. So, you know, when everything get ready, there are gonna be a quite a lot of uh, beautiful building uh, projects on this infrastructure. So, I have no doubt that the next three to five years. Actually, I don't think we need to wait three years longer. Uh, maybe just after this big circle, you know uh maybe next year or maybe uh end of next year i think everything gonna be changed quite a lot especially in nft area uh the DeFi summer definitely gonna be a a good example to let us image how big uh this market gonna be and uh right now we are discussing the very uh, earlier stage uh, nft5 uh, solutions and uh, possibilities, but at that time, uh, I I think there are going to be a much more and a huge things going to happen. Yeah, I think the this tonight the, the space is pretty helpful because people can discuss what they think, and in the future, I I hope you guys can help more this kind of space, and the people can, uh, you know, to to discuss more the potential uh the potential uh directions and uh, solutions and let us all make something big in the future awesome thank you leo what about you sherlock where are we now where are we now uh we are in the new era of the 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 the, the web3 <laughs> uh you know though there are lots of worlds uh lots of countries in the world uh they just refuse the the web3 but we can see uh, there are also some some people and some government who has supported the the Web three right. Uh, even like the United States, that they use the they have the executive order to uh, admit the, the official admit the Web three and the, the crypto the, the blockchain and to make it happen, right? So, but but the point is, uh, most of like. People, they think we're still in the internet world. Like, we also we can call them Web two world. But uh, finally, they're gonna see the trends, and we 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 we're gonna enter a new era. Awesome! Thank you for that. Thank you for all our all our speakers for the the insights you guys brought today, and thank you for everyone for for joining. A really great session, and. 
Looking forward to keeping in touch with all of you. Thanks, thank guys. Thanks, Alex. Thank you, thank you everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, guys.